Welcome to the Uncomfortable Truth Podcast, hosted by the rock star of consulting, Alan Weiss. Be prepared to have your beliefs challenged and your behaviors questioned. Welcome back to the Uncomfortable Truth. My guest today uh, is Noah Kagan, the first person ever to appear twice uh, on the Uncomfortable Truth. And here he is. Uh, and um, uh, Noah, uh, so let's get this out of the way. People are waiting for the F-bomb. So how the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm freaking great, Alan. You know, my, uh, I do have a new girlfriend and she's pregnant and she goes, Noah, it's, it's not a good look for you to swear so much on these shows. Let's, let's work on it. And I was like, baby, thank you for the feedback. Well, that's not, well, congratulations if that's appropriate here. Uh, you yeah. know, in our last interview, you know, I asked you, you had one of the great ad lib one-liners I said to you. Uh, you were talking about women and dating women, and you said, you know, I date women. I said, well, what if they're just after you for your money? And you said, I don't care. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I never had that pro I never had that problem. I, I you know, we, I'm, I, I, I thought when you get, like, super rich or something, like, all these people just come to you, and it's like, no, they didn't. And uh, But when I met this partner, what's been special is just we have the same values of money. Oh, so good. I thought that was, that's been important about how we both approach and treat money, which, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Okay. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Here's the here's the pro forma uh, um, introduction for those of you who are under a rock and don't know Noah. Uh, he's the CEO of AppSumo, an eight-figure company that's the number one um, software deal site. He also runs a YouTube channel where he shares his tips for funding uh, for finding financial freedom with more than 930,000 subscribers. I laugh because I'm sitting in Rhode Island where the total population is one million. Uh, before <laughs> uh, AppSumo. He was the 30th employee of Facebook, reporting directly to Mark Zuckerberg, and the fourth employee at Mint. He lives in Austin, Texas, and what I didn't know, uh, Barcelona, Spain. Um, do you know that uh, my yeah. wife and I actually climbed La Sagrada Familia? Oh, wow. Yeah, and getting up there was okay, but getting down was a bitch. So <laughs> They should put an escalator in it, you know? <laughs> that would, I'm sure Gary had that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> we actually we live a block away from there so i on my commute to my office on my bicycle or a walk or scooter i get to see that in the morning and it's just oh. such it's such an for people who haven't seen it it's one of the most unique buildings that you'll ever see and i love the idea that this guy said i want to do something different and i want something that's going to take 150 years to finish yeah and i i think about that where you know we do one thing one time and it doesn't work and we're like no i'll give up <laughs> you know and I, I, it's just a great reminder for all us we can do something great and but it also, you know, it can take some time. Well, you know, it, uh, I love Gaudi, and Barcelona is just smothered in the in the work of Gaudi. And um, of course, it's got the wonderful what was it called? The promenade, uh, the the walk you take there on Sunday along that long stretch. Oh yeah, the Ramblas. Yeah. So it's so if you haven't been there, by all means, it's a fabulous place. So we're here to talk about uh, Noah's book, Million Dollar Weekend. Now, I know something about, you know, millions of dollars, uh, but uh, Noah has sort of up upstaged me here. The, the whole title is Million Dollar Weekend, the surprisingly simple way to launch a seven-figure business in 48 hours. So why this book now, Noah? I feel, do I need to give you royalties? Because you came up with the million dollar consulting thing. Do I need to well, send you checks on every sale? You know, it wouldn't be bad because my wife told me, you know, I think it's close enough to sue him. So I said, you know, I know him. She said, well, you know, sue uh, you know, the book, uh, a few different things, you know, for me, your book is one of the ones if I'm interested in consulting and making a million dollars, it works. 
And for me, I, I've grown up and, and I was always interested in being an entrepreneur with tech and startups and uh, different approaches to business that, and I just never found that there was a book that really spoke to me. And I've, I've been thinking about it for 15 years and I never felt ready. And I never felt like I've, I've done it, but I've done it so many times and I'm still doing it. I'm still running a company that people can go purchase from and enjoy at AppSumo. And I think the other thing I noticed is that uh, I've helped tens of thousands of people with our courses and I put a, a, a viral article out about, on Tim Ferriss's blog. And a lot of business books, what they have is they have a lot of recipes. Here's how to communicate with someone. They have a lot of tactics. And there's even a place called Harvard. Have you heard of this place, Alan? Harvard. People are spending hundreds of thousands. I understand that they have some turnover there. Yeah. <laughs> so they have all these things. There's all this There's all this stuff out there. But then how is it that everyone hasn't created a million dollar business, which everyone can't? And what I, what I uncovered was that there's two things holding people back in addition to the recipes. And I, I give people my exact formula of what's worked for me. And the two things are... How do you get started today? And I don't think people realize you can get started today, whether you have a family and if you have a day job and if you're busy uh, as well, how do you get better at asking? You know, like in your book, uh, you know, I think you do a great job talking value-based pricing, talking about how to extend the sales, how to continue sales. But a lot of it is, and what I, what I uncovered and what shocked me was that people are so afraid of rejection. Mm. They're so afraid of failure and, and, and we all are, right? But also asking, starting and asking are both skills that can be learned and improved on. And so why now, you know, I, I don't think there was a book out there today that if Alan, you said, hey, my 16 year old friend, which literally someone just texted me, uh, her name's Abby. She said, my 16 year old cousin needed a book to start a business. And this is the book for that. And I was like, yeah, that, that's what I wrote it for. Well, you know, you write about people being afraid of rejection, of course. And I found that uh, self-esteem is a big problem. Now, that's not anything you or I suffer from, but a lot of people do. Uh, and, you know, in some ways, this seems even more intimidating, Million Dollar Weekend. What, why did you choose that time frame? Was it for the purposes of getting people's attention? Or is that the exact time frame you need to create what you're trying to create? So I want to just answer the, the first thing you said. I, I think I have low self-esteem really? in the past, if I'm honest. Yeah. Past. And I think business was a way that I built my self-esteem Yeah, by helping people, by facing my fears, by doing the things I didn't want to do and doing them and realizing I could have courage. And I think by facing our problems, by having courage is how you build confidence and build self-esteem. This book, I, I would say, did it for me. And that's what everyone can do. I think, that, you know, a lot of the book, there's so much tactics and there's a lot of mindset, but it really it's like people realizing that there's a, an amazing life out there for them, believing it, and then taking action towards it. So in terms of the title, um, this book was highly tested. It was run like a tech company. And we can get into that, which is pretty pretty crazy. Uh, but the title was specifically when I put the article out in 2011 on Tim Ferriss's blog, it was like how to make a million dollar weekend business featuring chihuahuas. And, you know, I think it's tens of millions of people read that article. And then it was like, oh, wow, million dollar weekend. There's something really catchy about that. The dream, right? The dream of what you can hand. And I have multiple times and other people will start a business that will make them a million dollars in a weekend. And the reason it's a weekend, um, you know, there's people like Jake that I met. He lived at my house and we read the book together for a weekend and he, he was able to start a business. He's got three kids. He's got a wife. He's got a day job. He doesn't have a lot of time, but everyone has a weekend available to change their life. And so I wanted to create a framework and a reality that even if you don't have a lot of time, you can get it started. And then over time, yes, you will make a million dollars. I do believe that. Well, you have a lot of uh, contrarian stuff in here, which is what I love. And I'll give you an example. And I want you to <laughs> tell me if I have this right. Uh, you called it the law of 100, and you said the quantity control group overcame the quality control group in terms of producing a quality result. Do I have that straight? Yeah. 
I think in terms of contrarian things, one thing I'm noticing is people don't realize that they there's no gender, there's no height, there's no requirements to be successful, which is so amazing. I think people are like, well, Noah, you uh, had two parents. I'm like, yes, I had some advantages, but I, I didn't have social networking. I worked at Intel in a cubicle. I don't know what advantage I got from that, but I started and I kept starting and I kept starting and eventually something did work. And, and everyone can do that. And by the way, you know what's, Alan, you know this in business. You only need one hit to work to get rich. Right. There's no sport in the world that th that's this great. And so you know how you can get a hit and get rich? You just keep swinging. And eventually you find something. And now the law of 100, which you said, though, is what most people are doing wrong. And, and they, they've given up things too soon. I, we all have. We all have a story that we, we think about. For me, it was my podcast. And I decided, like, oh, there's got to be a different way to do it. And what most people are doing wrong is they find something that doesn't work. And then they're like, I'm gonna stick it out for a long time because that's these cool stories I hear in books. I'm like, "There's you don't have to do it that way. Why make it hard on yourself? Let's make it easy. Business can be easy. Let's find something that works in a weekend really quickly and then create a framework so that you know when you can quit. <laughs> and guess what? After you do 100, so law of 100, and you can apply this in all things business, which is do it 100 times. So if it's a sales thing, sell, sell 100 sales calls. 100 email pitches, content, 100 videos. And after that 100, what I've noticed is you've done it so many times, I think you have a, I think I know, you have a very clear idea that, okay, I need to quit this because I won't do it, or actually know it, it's working, and you'll end up sticking with it. Uh, because most people are, the, the whole fear of success, I'm still trying to get my head around. But the best businesses are these ones that are working, and I would say my millions came at year six. Millions. But if I would have just stopped doing AppSumo deals and I just didn't stick with it, it would have never come to this place. And business really compounds over time. So how do you find these ideas quick? And then how do we help you stay with them for extended periods of time? And I can really identify with that point. I mean, I wanted to write a book called Confessions of a Consultant. And my agent said, uh, you know, it was rejected 15 times. He said, though, McGraw-Hill wants to know if you can write a book about how you make a million dollars as a solo consultant. And I said, I can do that in six minutes. He said, well, I'll tell him six months. So McGraw-Hill gives me a $50,000 advance. And they said, by the way, we're going to call it Million Dollar Consulting. And this franchise was born, right? So I kept swinging. I only had to swing 16 times in that case, but I kept swinging. So I, I think people do drop out too early or they expect too much too early. Uh, but you're not, like, um, you're not like Malcolm Gladwell who says, well, you need 1,000 hours of practice. I mean, you're talking about a weekend here. Yeah, I think that's a big misconception. You have to be some expertise or you have to have a lot of things like that. You can pay. So this is the, the thing I do at AppSumo. You can pay for someone else's 10,000 hours. <laughs> I mean, you could join Alan's Mastermind. That's a 10,000 hour cheat. We have a lot of uh, executive coaches for all of our leadership. So I, I just got to have a 10,000 hour meeting literally right before this with uh, Dan Putt from Reboot.io. We pay him thousands of dollars a month and he's a, an, an expert in kind of CEO coaching. Not so much strategy, but just mindsets and operational. And we have that for our marketing. We have that for our uh, people team. We have that for our revenue team. We have it across the board and, and you can cheat across that. But again, I think what I, what people miss out on is they think that you need to be smart to be rich. That's not true. That you need to go to some Ivy League school. That's not true. There's a lot of rich people. The problem with, with what people don't see is they don't, they don't hear about these people. They don't hear about them because they're not on social media pretending like they're busy working. Yeah. And so, I, and what the other thing that people need to recognize is that if you have a day job and you're super busy, but you're not happy with it, 
or you don't realize that your day job can be taken away from you. Mine was taken away from me twice. And entrepreneurship is a way to create insurance for yourself or create the life you actually want to live. You do have to start today and you do have to stay with these things. Right. And, and so some examples from consulting world and so forth. My brother is a doctor and he's a little frustrated that I, I, I fall. I, I say he, he did the certificate life where he had to get permission to make money. Right. And that's just not the case anymore. And so he also is starting, you know, I'm, I'm trying to encourage him like you can create that business right now. Like you're a doctor, like you can contact people. Hey, can I be your doctor for a month on demand? Or have you done anything like he created protein powder, like special protein powder that he created? And he's a doctor, so he's pretty damn good at it. Or he's really good at fighting insurance claims. That's what he specializes in. And so it's just realizing like, wow, I have abilities. I have things. Maybe it doesn't have to be so hard on myself to actually have the success and get started right now. Yeah, I, I found when I was fired, you know, you get fired, you either get destroyed or angry. And I got really angry. And I said, no morons ever going to fire me again. And that creates a hunger. Uh, and it makes you take prudent risk. You know, sometimes even greater risk than that. But it forces you out of any kind of safety net that you put yourself in. Now, you mentioned the internet a, a while ago. You just said that, you know, they're not pretending to be something on there. But in the book, you do talk about the internet. I think what you called it was a great equalizer, that it gives you some leverage. Uh, yeah, talk about that. Man, it's amazing. I, I don't know if people realize, like, think about it back in the day, like we had to watch the same channel. I was I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, um, <laughs> you know, think about music. Music was like, here's the song on the radio. You know, kids today will have no idea that you can just play the song you want when you want as many times you want. Like we had to wait for the song, hit the tape recorder. And I'm sure there's even older school things than that. And, and when you think about online today, right now, Alan, you could use your phone, which everyone has. Doesn't matter how well everyone's got a phone. Record yourself, put it on social media, on YouTube. Let's and and literally you can get free customers, free audience, which can turn to customers. And you have people now, and you're seeing it, and you in the next decade you'll see a lot more of it that have as much, if not more, influence than celebrities, which the media has chosen to give them the attention. Now you can earn it yourself for free. My YouTube channel, million subscribers now, bigger than Rhode Island. Thank, that was what I was aiming for. <laughs> and um, and and I'll give you a little warning though uh, in a second. But I started again, like Noah, but you're this and you're that. I started with my cell phone, shirtless, sweaty, post workout. I left it on the channel so people can go see it on Noah Kagan. And it was just me talking about what I'm doing during COVID because I felt very good about myself during that moment. I was like, here's how I'm approaching my cash. Here's how I'm approaching AppSumo. Here's what you can do. It's like a seven minute video. I think 300 people watched it. How amazing is that? 300 cool people. And then I just was like, this is fun. Law of 100 kicks in. Did 100 videos, and it's like, I just kept doing it and doing it. And by the way, that's with the phone. And yes, over time, I've evolved it. But now I can have the ability to reach millions of people. And yes, I didn't need a ton of money, but I've, I've invested in the content. The other caveat I would say, and, and that's why I think this, con this social media is such an interesting equalizer. And you could have do it in all businesses. I don't know if people realize it. Lawn care, oh yeah. Legal, oh yeah. Like uh, restaurants, oh yeah. Consultants, definitely. And... Uh, the one thing I would caveat is that if you're a consultant or if you're doing any type of business, start an email list. Your email list will probably be your most valuable thing. And the reason I got to share that with you, and I, I use sendfox.com, which is what I built because I don't like subscriptions, but MailChimp, ConvertKit, or whatever the, the latest whiz bang thing is. I put out a video about this book, Million Dollar Weekend. And I said, hey, go buy my book, da, 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 da. And I have a million subscribers. You know, I've worked year, you know, three years now on getting that audience. 12,000 views. It's like, well, what? Hold on. I thought you had a million subs. Either, you know, they all hate you 
or YouTube just decided, I think it's more likely as well, that YouTube decided to not show them to me, to not show what I created to that audience. So an email list is your best scalable, most cost-effective way of communicating with audience and turning them into customers or fans or whatever you want to do whenever you want. So right. if everyone out there, start your email list as well. That's great advice. I mean, that's really great advice. Now, uh, you talked earlier about recipes. You said other people have recipes. I have a recipe in the book you said. What I'd like to know is uh, not everybody's going to be able to follow the recipes the same way. Having written the book now, which took you some time to think about and formulate and write, what kind of traits do you think are important for people to have who can make the best use of what you're talking about in this book? I'm thinking about the success stories of people because I've, for six months, every weekend I had five people read the book with me. And then I had a guy live at my house and then I had a launch team. And I, what I'm noticing about the people who have success, I call it the immigrant mentality. And my father is an immigrant and you don't even have to be an immigrant to have the mentality. It's available. And so what immigrants do is they have two things. They have attitude and effort. And the interesting thing about it is that those things are actually universal and it's fully in your control. And these people, uh, there's a guy named Pat. He does customer support in Poland. Poland, right? Like this is not, he's not in some Silicon Valley tech hub and, or New York or, you know, he's not in an advantaged place necessarily. But he had the attitude that he's like, I want to have my own business. I want to follow that dream. And then he put in the effort on his own accord without, you've never heard of him on social media. And what I'm noticing from success within the people I'm seeing for Million Dollar Weekend is that there is there are playbooks you can follow, yours for consulting, I would say mine for other types of businesses as well, as well as nice complimentary for both of us. They're also willing to fail, which you can get, you can practice, and they're willing to try again. And they're willing to do it again and again. And that's the same thing I, I feel for myself, where I, you know, people have heard of AppSumo or maybe they knew I worked at Facebook or I worked at Mint.com and I've, I've done these things or I've started TidyCal.com and many, many, many million dollar businesses. I've started 20 businesses that didn't make anything. <laughs> no one's heard about them and no one cares to hear about them. You know, and BetArcade.com, FreeCalls2.com, SleekBio.com, email, uh, email Badge, Hall Drop, Sumo Market. There's so many that I've done that you've never heard of, but I keep starting. And now the other part is now that one is working, I'm much more focused on just how do I keep that growing and focusing on just the one that's working. The best business is the one that works. And that's what I'm seeing with these people. They start, they follow the immigrant mentality, they get better at asking, and then they keep starting. And now that they have something working, like Pat has a YouTube consultancy, uh, Mary, MaryMakery.com is Mackenzie. She has a greeting cards business. They keep going. And it doesn't mean you're not going to have other problems, but you're going to be able to say, hey, this is a problem. I know I can solve it. Let me keep going. You're talking about resilience, right? Yeah. And look, everyone's going to have a challenge. I told you right before this meeting, I found out that one person's quitting. We're stressed out about some lawsuits that are coming into AppSumo. And it's just like, okay, let's pause. Maybe get a, take, take, a, take a walk, get a good night's sleep, pause, and then you can respond to these things. And these people... Even though when they, you know, they fail, they come back up. And I would say the confidence comes through courage, which is like, I'm afraid. This is hard. I don't know if I could do it. And everyone can. It is in everyone. There's no exclusive ability that everyone out there today cannot do themselves. Well, that, that's probably true. But there is, there is the, the question of esteem and ego and, and fear, like you said, fear of rejection. That <laughs> just stops some people. I mean, not everybody can well, do that. What I'm noticing, I just spent, you know, the morning doing uh, some AMAs online I think there's a bad problem where there's a lot of other gurus out there 
that create the idea that people can't do it themselves or that there's this big gap or they need this other person for permission. Let me give you an example. There's this guy who has a website and his website is, um, it's like an email template website. And he was like, I want to, uh, how do I do more marketing? I was like, okay, okay. You need marketing. Okay. How much money are you making? He's like zero. I was like, okay, got it. Let's not worry about marketing. Let's worry about business. And then he said, um, well, how, how do you think I can make money? I was like, Hmm, good question. How do you think, how, what are five ways you can make money today? Today. He came up with the five. And I was like, those are the five I would choose. Right. So yes, me and you, Alan, are seasoned. We're experienced. We've done this a lot of times, but I, I think people are waiting for permission sometimes or thinking yeah, that there's yeah. this big, big distance between who they are and who they can be and thinking that somebody else or some book will be the only way to solve it and realizing that they have that ability themselves. And I think me and you liberate that. And that that's definitely something, a message I want people to recognize, like business is the best way to learn who you can become. I couldn't agree with you more about permission. I mean, it's absolutely true. You know, if you sit in an airplane in first class, uh, it takes off the seatbelt side sign, but you got to use a lavatory. You know, you forgot to go before you got on and, and you sit there because you're afraid if you get up, the flight attendant who's sitting right there in the jump seat says, uh, we're diverting the flight to Baltimore because uh, Mr. Weiss got out of his seat and now he's ruined the whole trip for everybody. But then somebody gets up and goes, and right after that happens and there's no adverse consequence, everybody gets up and goes. So they're seeking permission by watching, uh, understanding that it's safe, that they're not going to get whacked. And I think what you and I do whenever we can is to assure people, uh, you know, there might be consequences, but you can deal with them. That's the resilience that you were talking about. Uh, and the benefits are, are tremendous if you're willing to take that leap, right? Yeah, yeah. The, you know, one of the things in Million Dollar Weekend and that I, I still do, I literally did it uh, this morning, is the coffee challenge. And part of business is practicing asking. Everything is an ask. You want a consulting client? You probably have to ask them to pay. You want a husband? You might have to actually respond to the message. You want to raise? You have to ask for it. If you don't ask, you can't get and the coffee challenge is whenever you buy anything next time, you ask for a discount, 10%. They'll say why. You say, Noah Kagan sent me. This is a challenge. They're going to say no, which is, I don't want you to get a discount. People are like, you're trying to take money from the business. No, I'm not. I want you to get rejected. I want you to feel the very brief moment that you didn't get what you wanted. But then the moment after, you're like, wow, I thought it was going to be so scary holy crap, I'm so much better than I realize, and I'm, I'm making things maybe scarier than they actually are. And that's a skill that you can get practice and better. And I did it this morning. I'm taking my girlfriend to the spa and working hard on this book. So I was like, babe, we're going to go to the spa on Sunday. And so I'm on the phone. I'm like, can I get a discount? And she's like, this is like a high-end spa. I don't know. And I was like, okay, thanks. You know, the, the thing that people don't realize is the, the ask, right, is all the basis of everything in life, and you can get better at it. And the moment of a rejection is a learning opportunity really. But the upside is you can get on anything you want in life. And you can see it on my YouTube channel. I, I've stood outside private airports asking to get on someone's jet. He let me. I asked first class passengers what they do for a living. They told me. You're also, I also show you on these videos, people rejecting me a lot. And I think we, we have so much just ego attached with permission and rejection that the more that you can separate that out a little bit, like, hey, no, they don't, it's not they don't like you, they don't like your business. And you can ask him, all this rejection is great learning opportunities. How come you don't want to purchase my consulting package? Well, you know, we're strapped for cash. How come you're strapped for cash? Oh, well, you know, shit. Oh, damn it. First swear word. I was trying to go the whole episode. No, no, that I was, was so bad. close. We're, come on. No, no, no. I was going to happen. Ah, we'll do it. We'll do round three. But, oh, you know, we're strapped for cash. Oh, 
because we just lost a customer. How come he has lost a customer? Ah, we didn't do this one thing. Oh, really? And so that, you know, that's what people are missing out. And that all comes down to, you know, really listening and then ultimately asking people for the thing that you actually want. And especially, and, and this, Alan, I think you'll relate to this, when you're consulting, people think of these asks as, as, and, and permissions as, as an imposition, as a negative. While if you truly think, like, I think for a million dollar weekend, I would, I 100% for a million dollar consulting, I still refer your book and recommend it. If you've created something that you know solves a problem and you think will actually help someone with, with what they're going through or what they're dealing with or what they need help on, it's your duty to go ask them and help them out. And I, that's I, how I feel about this stuff. I, I don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. I mean, some people get up in the morning and it's a long, slow crawl through enemy territory. Uh, no, I got to pay the bills. I got mortgages. <laughs> I got to do stuff. And and they feel like they're imposing on people by asking them, you know, can I see you and talk to you about, but other people get up and say, what a great day. I'm here to help people. So they're never interrupting someone because they're offering them value. Uh, and that's really, you know, your mental set. And I think some people are, are <laughs> never quite make that conversion, but you, you've got to see yourself as helping others. And that's, I think that's really healthy. So, uh, what do you think is the one or two most important points you raise in that book, if you had to pick two? Um, it is cool to read your own book. I'll say everyone in your life, write a book. It's just such a great experience. It's it's hard. It's it's easy to write a book. It's hard to write a great book. And I, I, I'm proud of my own work. I, I think more people can be proud of themselves, not not arrogantly, just proud. So we survey the, we have 1,329 beta uh, launch team members of the book, and I surveyed them after they read it. And the thing, that, this is always interesting about business, you know, what you think your customer wants sometimes versus what they want. Uh, the number one takeaway, which was surprising, was this thing called now, not how. And now they're, you know, and I was like, what? That's the number one thing. Why? So, Alan, a lot of people are led to believe incorrectly that they need to wait for something or there's all these things they have to do. And so let's give an example where they're like, okay, I want to start a consulting business. Okay, I need to get a website. Maybe I need to get business cards because that's what I'm supposed to do. And then I need to get a um, a plan together. And then maybe I need to create more models and things like that. It's like, okay, well, let's just try to, what could you do right now to get a consulting customer? What do you mean? Yeah, like if you actually today, right now, needed to get a consulting customer, what would you do? Oh, um, hmm. Uh, I think I would just actually like go on LinkedIn, look at my contacts, email five people referral, post maybe on social media, Go to an, a group that I've already been a part of, post it right now. Maybe, wow, there's actually something I can get that result today. And that that action builds confidence. That action builds learning. That action builds growth. And this was a mindset where people realizing not they don't need their websites. They don't need to spend money on ads. They probably don't need to be spending a lot of time uh, overthinking. And I, I will say that a lot of the most successful entrepreneurs, everyone, almost every single one I've ever seen, they really just act. And then they do figure these things out later. And I'm not saying to quit your job. I, I think that's risky. But recognizing how much more things can happen in a day. And I'll give you silly examples that people can practice now, not how. Now, right now, you could make sure that you ask one person to be your customer, literally on your phone. If you've been wanting, if you're at $0, you can ask someone for a dollar as well, right now. If you already have a dollar and you already have consulting customers, you can message one of them right now. Hey, if you, you always seem like you love my business, who is one person, and be very specific with your referral requests. I think, Alan, you've talked about this. Who's one person that needs 
consulting for lawn care. I don't know, consulting. That was the first one I thought of. Like lawn care consulting in the Georgia region near where we live. Who's the who's first person that comes to mind? I always like saying, who's one that comes to mind? Very specific request. You can do it right now. Like, really? You can send an email right now to your audience saying, hey, I've got this idea uh, for a new course I'm doing or for a live event I'm doing or for a workshop I'm doing or for a package I'm doing. You can send an email right now today. I'm looking for five people. Is anyone interested in this? And I think when people start realizing, and again, it's not to only be impulsive in all these things, but Alan, what most people don't ever cover in books and why it's been so transformational is people think they're not ready. And you're never ready. So let's just do it right now. And then you're realizing that you are actually way more ready than you expected. So that, that's just been a, a transformational thing that I, I was surprised how many people do it. And I didn't even realize I did it. That came from an early beta reader, Mitchell Cohen, who was like, dude, you always just get going. I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. Uh, so that's definitely been a, a, a transformational thing. Um, here's another one. Here, you set a second surprise. A lot of people ask me and they, they think, how do I do marketing? I did marketing for mint.com. We sold for 300 million. Uh, you know, my YouTube channel, you know, million subs, like I'm pretty good at the marketing thing. And they're like, how do I do marketing? I'm like, you don't have a marketing problem. You have a business problem. No one wants you what you're doing. <laughs> and and I, I think what, what I'm observing is how do you do something where people are excited to pay you. Excited. Not you don't have to convince them. And I, I try to sell people door-to-door -door lawn care last week as an example. I was just curious to see if people would buy my lawn care. And to be clear, I do not have a lawn mower. <laughs> but if no one bought it, if no one bought it, then I didn't spend a bunch of time building a, you know, thumbtack, whatever website nowadays you get customers on for that. And then I tried another one and I was like, oh, it was a Another uh, business, uh, DocuSign alternative. People wanted it. People were like, yeah, how do I send you money today? So maybe the, the second part I would, I would highlight around this is you can pre-sell things to validate demand. And your job is not to create demand, it's to satisfy it. And with that, with that being the case about pre-selling, and this is what I'm seeing from a lot of small entrepreneurs, they're like, no, how do I make a million dollars? I was like, you have to work in a million dollar market. And most of them aren't pre-selling. Most of them are not getting started, which we already talked about. And then they're just not working in something that actually has the opportunity to get a million dollars cash. Mm. And I, I was thinking about my masseuse. I had this woman, Claire. I love her. She's great. She came over to massage my girlfriend. She's pregnant. I was like, can you, can you help her out? Rubber back, whatever y'all do. And she's like, cool. Sent me a bill, $140. Which I was like, that's kind of high, but well worth it. Whatever, whatever baby mama wants, she gets. And I was like, do you know how many backs Claire has to massage to make a million? That, that's what, what I thought about. It's like 7,000. And I was like, holy crap, Claire. And she, you know, maybe she's not thinking this way. But this is the problem is that they're, they're just doing one by one and that's okay. But then you think, all right, well, if Claire could hire two people and she, they do backs for her and she just worries about getting leads, now instead of her having to do 7,000, she only has to do maybe 30, you know, 4,000 because one, she's going to have to pay them. But now she has two people doing it. Or maybe she creates the platform for it. Or maybe she creates courses for it. Now, to actually, now she's actually working in million dollar opportunities. And I, I think people are, are missing out on the opportunity side. And then as well, they can do pre-sales to see if there's actually demand in these categories. Uh, Noah, fabulous examples, really fabulous examples. I urge people to get this book. Tell them how to get the book, please. Uh, you can get Million Dollar Weekend wherever books are sold worldwide. Uh, there's also the website, which you can contact me. We have the first chapter free. We have all these templates and videos at milliondollarweekend.com. Milliondollarweekend.com. 
<clears throat> I hope that you become the uh, the first person to appear three times on the Uncomfortable Truth. Uh, and I will. I the image I am taking from this, by the way, beside all the good content you provided, the image I'm taking is of you standing outside a private plane asking for a ride. And I hope you had an indication that the plane was going where you needed to go. Uh, but <laughs> you want to hear the story? The story's crazy. Tell me. Well, I, and and to be clear, y'all, everyone, think about this. I didn't know this person. I have no advantage that not anyone else out there worldwide can do. And I, I want to get that, that point across. I literally stood outside with the clipboard and I was outside a private airport and people drove in and I said, Hey, I'm a YouTuber. I'm making a, a YouTube video. Can I see your jet? And I just asked. And then it was no, it was a no and it was a no. And the third no, because obviously it's a, it's a weird ask, but just by, cause I went and did it and I asked this third guy drove off and I said, Hey, are you sure? And by the way, this is crazy. He was wearing like a, a beer sweater, like Miller High Life. So really don't judge people by their sweaters. And he's like, all right, yeah, I'll show it to you. Then we go through the airport. And I'm like, I couldn't believe it. I was running. And it, you can see the video on YouTube. It's got like 5 million views. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I bought a, uh, I had a bottle of champagne in the car to give whoever. I thought someone would do it. And, and to be clear, this is something I think people don't maybe don't hear this part of the story as well. I spent a month having anxiety about that, that day of doing it. I knew it was going to be scary. But it's never as scary as it, as we make it out to be because I stood out there and I this is the crazy part. It was five minutes before he said I could see his jet five minutes, which is even crazier because then I had a when well to finish the story. But then I had to fly back the next uh, that night. I stood out there the whole next day because we didn't have enough content. So I because it was so easy. And so anyways, this guy says, sure, come see the jet, goes to his jet, ask him about his jet, ask him what he does. And I was like, hey, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to Boston. I was like, do you think we can come with you? And he, he like paused for a second. He looks at me. He's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and so we didn't grab our stuff. We just got in the jet. Me and the videographer, there's a guy with a camera. It was like a small camera. And we fly to Boston and interview this guy named James. And we landed at nine o'clock. It was stormy. I had to buy commercial tickets, which after you fly private, you're like, ah, I have to fly commercial. <laughs> <laughs> but you realize, I, I the, you know, uh, what's funny last weekend, I want to take my girlfriend to uh, Florida, you know, from warmer weather right now. It was to like Orlando. It was $20,000 each way to Orlando. And this guy from Austin to Boston was a $100,000, I think, flight. He had a huge jet. I was like, damn, that was cool. And that was all just because I asked. That was all just because just of an ask, you know, and, and then you start realizing that you can, you can do it. Everyone can do it. But you well, have to get started today and get better at it. I'm glad I asked you to be here, Noah. I want to wish you all the best. I want to thank you for being here. I want to wish your girlfriend and you uh, health and, and a productive uh, pregnancy. I hope uh, I hope uh, the child is uh, excellent. Uh, and um, I, I can't wait to see the child you produce. It'll be wonderful. Oh. <laughs> I hope she's like her mother. I hope she's like her mother. <laughs> Thanks again. Stay well. Thank you. You too, Al. You've been listening to The Uncomfortable Truth with Alan Weiss. For free access to Alan's newsletters, audio and video resources, and for information about his global events and coaching communities, please visit alanweiss.com. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith.